We got hey both of you. That's, oh, that's, oh. What is what is up with that Steven guy? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like showing up late. You said five. Fashionably uh, late over here. 25 minutes. Yeah. He was yeah, very we'll, all about. Yeah, uh, see, is it 45 minutes? No. No. You're, you're good. good. Just 28. We're good. 20, 20, good 28 minutes. That's that's hard to do. My my mom would be very disappointed in me right now. So Aww. my apologies. That no, was all my fault. It's quite uh, okay. It's all right. No, no, don't even want to know where I was at. You just don't. It's a long story. Okay. It's okay. okay. No worries. No questions. We're not going to question. All right, I'll tell you anyway. So here's where, here's where I was at. I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> We've got, we got more pressing matters to talk about. Of okay. course. Welcome back to Tree Hill Talk. This is a very special episode this week. It is. It's a bonus episode. Bonus. And we have two very special guests. We have James Lafferty and Stephen Coletti this week. <laughs> you have like 1.5 special guests. You have James Lafferty and the very tardy Stephen Coletti. Oh, oh, oh it's all right. It's okay. He just made us wait a tiny bit. It's, it's fine. It's a teeny bit. It's okay. You know, time <laughs> travel. You guys Can I West blame Coast? it on the person that made me wait for a while or am I not allowed to do that? It's fully my responsibility, right? Oh, <laughs> You know what? You can blame them. We'll give you a free pass. Okay. I'm yeah. not normally late. It's okay. James, am I normally late? <laughs> I still blame you 100%, Stephen. <laughs> All right. Should this bonus episode be about lateness and tardiness? I think we should spend the whole How time. How about it's everybody's doing late? Everyone's, Everyone's doing, doing late. late. Not great. Uh, I love it. We're going to call an episode. We're, we're going to name an episode everyone is doing late. Perfect. Every, That's everyone right. is running late. That's everyone it. is running late. Go. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so pretty much we have these guys here to talk about their pilot that we just were able to see in New York at the New York TV Festival. Yep. And we loved it. We thought it it was very different, funny, dark, and we definitely... Relatable. Relatable. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So we want you guys to hopefully talk about it and let some of our (laughs) listeners know that maybe not, they don't know what's, you know, what it's all about. So yeah. Tell the people. Feel free to... Take well, over. first of all, thank you guys for thank you guys for coming out to um, to watch the show because that was the most exciting part of doing this TV festival was knowing that um, you know when you make an independent pilot, there's really no guarantee that the world's going to see it, right? right? Because if your show actually never goes to air, or for some reason um, you don't get more episodes, well, a, a standalone a pilot doesn't really stand alone; it's not really distributed. So it was really, really exciting and crucial for us to um, be able to show this to audiences and and show it to you guys. And the, the the reception has been has been really great, and it's really helped you know this crowdfunding campaign that we're doing, which we'll talk about later. But yeah. um, as far as the show itself, it's really um, you know it's 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 about two guys who were on a Vampire Diaries type show called Eternal, right? And the show was um, wildly wildly popular. Uh, it was like just consider it the biggest show in the world at the time. It was Gossip Girl. It was it was Twilight. Diaries. It was Twilight. It was, yeah. 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 Um, and, um, and so it's five years later and these guys are kind of realizing that they didn't do the work, um, you know, while they were on this show to really set themselves up for the next phase of of their career when things were really going to get difficult and they were going to, they're, they're realizing that the professional identities are so wrapped up in what this show was that they really, they don't have a future. They don't feel like they have a future. And then this is really informing a lot of the turmoil that's in their personal lives. Right. Um, uh, their relationships are kind of falling apart and they don't really feel like they belong, you know, in this city, in this industry anymore. So it's really kind of like this awkward starting over story for these two characters. Um, and, and we're trying to, you know, dig the humor out of their their struggle. Yeah. Well, it's definitely it's kind of like, yeah. ah, we're gl- glad that it resonated with you a little bit and that you, I mean, the, the found the way you, um, I'm not sure you described it, described it earlier as, as kind of grounded or, um, what did Relatable. you use? Relatable. Relatable. Thank you. Yeah. That's, and then that's, you know, that's what we want kind of just to add on to what James was saying, like as they've, they're coming to terms with kind of where they actually are in their life. And I think that the harder that they try to push off the reality and, and face the music, you know, those insecurities are kind of eating them up inside and, and they're, you know, they're manifesting themselves in, in, in ways that, um, you know, you're going to start to see these guys kind of, um, 
you know, fail a lot or just trip over themselves. And, and I think then this is where, you know, the learning process for them to have to be able to grow. Um, you know, we have to take them through it a little bit. And, yeah. and, you know, this is something that I think we all in all aspects of life, no matter what you do, where you are, um, where you're from, you know, it's just, it's at the end of the day, kind of those real honest moments with ourselves when we are growing up and we're trying to discover who we are, when we might think that we feel like we know, you know, uh, where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. But then really quickly, you know, the rug can get pulled right out from underneath you. And you're like, wait a minute, I know nothing. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I find myself at, at different times like that. And just when you feel like you've made strides somewhere else, you know, something else pops up and you're like, man, I still, I feel like I have a lot to learn. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's, like what, every that's day. what we wanted to do. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's what makes this pilot and hopefully future show so so great is that we relate to that those awkward moments and and kind of cringing at things that happen to people day to day. And Mm -hmm. it's so personal too. Yeah. You know? I mean just the one Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I love that you said every day because it's true. It's it's whether it's something small that happens in a day or something that you're evolving on that takes a course of a year two years, sometimes five years that like you're, you know, evolving through, like it all happens in, in different times and in different ways. It could be something small or it could be something that is a part of something that is much, much bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's, you know, as long as you're a human standing on this planet, uh, I think that's everyone, that's something that everyone goes through like even, stuff that's just all. Yeah. Yeah. No, like even in, um, in the show with the banana and you were like, Oh, <laughs> does anyone want this like rotten banana? I have this. Are you hungry? I was like, Oh my God, this is what I do. <laughs> When you're trying we, to like, feed we, your friends, you're like, oh, I have this. Do you want it? <laughs> Pulling off, pull off your rotten food on your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of giving it to the dog and throwing it out, right. you know, <laughs> James will eat it. Yeah, exactly. Those are, the that, those are the moments that we like, that we love in the shows that we yeah. watch. You know, yeah. Those are the moments that crack yeah. us up. And we, we really felt like, you know, we, we're not trained comedians, but we do find real life in the way that people interact kind of awkwardly and the funny things that people say when they don't even realize they're saying it. Those are the things that we find the most interesting and the most hilarious about, about human beings. And, um, and so that's what we wanted to bring to this, to this show. We wanted to, we wanted to feel like these guys and, and these, these actors and the characters, they, they don't know that a camera's in the room, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. cause because people are their most interesting and they're, they're the most themselves and they're, they're most at their most raw when they don't know that they're being watched. And we wanted, we wanted to give that sense that, that you really are peeking in on these guys' lives. That's how raw we wanted it to feel. Um, and so I'm glad that it's so funny because that banana moment is a moment that we didn't really script and we didn't really even think much of it. We, we didn't think anything of it at, at all when we shot it. And then, you know, you see it in the edit and you're, you know, you have a, you have a chuckle because it just seems like it's said so unconsciously. Yeah. And it, it, it sort of for the life of showing this show to people, it's been this like standout moment that we didn't even plan. So that's kind that's of awesome. the amazing thing about making a show like this is that you, you leave so much room for spontaneity and for improvisation and these like incredible little lightning in a bottle moments just appear out of nowhere. And, um, and they end up being people's favorites, I think. Yeah. How was it with the festival tours you guys just did? Did you find that the audience resonated with these moments like this? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I like, for instance, that, you know, that banana moment well, <laughs> is, is, you know, people are tweeting us pictures of bananas and people <laughs> are like, you know, Hey, like after the screen, they'll ask us if we want a banana. And, you know, it's, it's, it's little, little beats like that. And when we watch it with audiences, there are little quirky beats that, we're really grateful that they get. We're really grateful that they don't they don't kind of get lost in there. But we think yeah. it's because people, you know, they see themselves in it. And I think that people see themselves in where these guys are in their lives. You know, we, we consider these guys to be, um, you know, in their in their emotional maturity, kind of where where most people are when they're coming out of college. Because in reality, like these guys, you know, their their 20s were the time in their life when they were thriving. They were peaking. Everything was going perfectly. Everything really was going great. Right. But most people at that time in their lives, when they're in their early 20s, they're just getting out of college. They're realizing the world is not going to offer them everything they thought the world was going to offer them. They're trying to find their place in this world that is really tough to find their place in. And, And these guys didn't experience that in their 20s. But now they're in their early 30s and they're really going through that. And it's totally unexpected to them. And so I think audiences are are seeing themselves in their 20s in these guys who are just realizing all these lessons way too late, yeah. which is hilarious, I think. 
Yeah. Or if you're in your late twenties or you're still in your early thirties and you're going through this, that's totally fine too. Some of us are late bloomers. Oh yeah. We're We're definitely definitely late late bloomers. (laughs) You know what I love about like what, what just my little tidbit on the banana and that we can pass on the banana. I think we should just keep talking about bananas. How much time we could talk about a banana though. (laughs) I think, um, what, what, what's cool about the show talking about it resonating with audiences like that moment to me something that again wasn't really planned in you know jeremy's like in the he's in the kitchen we've got the camera in uh the kind of dining room area and we're looking for, past seth there he's kind of sitting there lost in thought for a moment and jeremy's got his you know his head's in the fridge we just came out of another scene and he pops out and, and says that line and it's kind of a little soft but like everyone does actually pick up on it and we feel mm-hmm. and that's that's like 20 25 minutes into the show um, and you know, <laughs> I've always thought like, oh, that's sweet. They're still engaged to the show to that point where I think, I think we're okay through the first episode because they're picking up on that one little moment and that one little line that starts a scene and it's getting a laugh and it's sitting with people to me is like, okay, that's awesome. That's yeah. uh, that's yeah. Yeah. It's funny that that little scene is what yeah. we just spent so many minutes talking about, right, but yeah. that's, I think that's the point of the show though. It just yeah. shows you these small exactly. moments is what is real and is what people go through and what makes this relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy your time at ATX? I wanted to ask AD. I love ATX so much. I've been a volunteer with them for five years. So I actually saw your pilot at ATX. Oh, oh man. It, yeah. Go ahead, James. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I, I had the opportunity to go to, to ATX that first year, and um, it was an incredible festival run by incredible people. Um, and that's really what struck me about it. Um, and even then, there was you know, a, pretty, a pretty heavy industry presence. And over the years, it's really grown. And so it was interesting to go back and see that it's still the same vibe, even though it has grown exponentially. It's a much larger festival. There's all kinds of things going on. Um, you know, the biggest companies in the industry are there showing their shows. Um, and, and yet you still feel like you're part of this, this sort of little, um, village of people that really just is there for the love of television and for the love of the medium. Um, and, and, and that to me is something that's so hard to preserve, you know, where you get a festival that, that turns into this, this enormous kind of thing, but yet you can still keep it's intimate identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that to me was like that. I, I hope that, you know, I think that because it's run by the people that it's run by, I think that it will always really hold on to that, to that feeling. Um, so it was just, it felt like a really awesome homecoming to be honest. Cool. Um, and we, we, you know, we sold out the Alamo theater there Yeah, and that audience was, I don't know, Steven, I feel like that was our best audience, um, nice. our best audience on this whole tour. I mean, yeah, I think that there was the, there was the buzz kind of about our first screening there, even though we had, um, you know, we had like a friends and family one and we did a little showing, uh, for the LA comedy fest. So this was the first, you know, big festival. Um, and it was, it was, you know, our beginning of our little summer festival tour. Um, so there was a lot of buildup and we were so excited to, to be there. I, you know, I heard a lot of good stuff from James and just kind of hearing from people around the industry, like, Oh, you're going to ATX. It's awesome. It's like, it's like TV camp. Yes. And, and I did get yes. that feeling getting down there. I'm like, Oh my God, it is like camp. I feel like top to bottom, you know, um, it, 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 it was, it was just uh, a bunch of people that were very enthusiastic about TV that were happy to be there. Some of them on TV, you know, I mean, walking by Vince Gilligan, oh, uh, Bob Odenkirk, like in a lobby, you know, or just yeah. like in passing. And that just happened all day. You I know, know like, oh, says, oh, hi, Carrie Russell. Let me let you on the <laughs> elevator. You know, no you just deal. like, yeah, you kind of knew where to go and everyone was very accessible for the yeah. most part. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's on its uh, seventh or eighth year, excuse me, I'm not sure how far and they're, premiering HBO shows and you know doing all these huge reunions that are starting new show. It's just like, that's, that's freaking awesome. And so, so the cool. fact that we got to be a part of that and be that one independent pilot, um, yeah. it, it was, it was a huge buildup and, and definitely lived up to expectations. So it was pretty awesome. Cool. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Michelle's a, I love well, ATX. She man. loves ATX. We won't take it's, offense that you liked it more than New York. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. um so yeah so um new york is just different new york was a different kind of yeah new york it was yeah it was different it was a much smaller crowd i don't know how it was compared to atx 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 was definitely different uh bigger in terms of their viewing the screening but ours felt very personal i I feel like like just my people yeah and and uh, new york tv festival like the fact it's in new york city there's just a lot of people going in and out and right. it, there's, there's a little bit more you have it when you're in a smaller city, you're going to have a little bit more of an intimate vibe, you yeah, know, right, right, and even, right. even though it was still all stationed kind of right in, um, you know, right where at the Helen Mills, uh, event space, 
it's, it's, you know, I don't know. Everyone kind of, you felt like you walked out of uh, that event space and you were out of the festival immediately. Yeah. But when you were in Austin at ATX and you walk out of Stephen F. Austin or out of the, out of the Alamo or something, you just, you still feel like you're in it. It's kind of around and everyone's kind of there together. So that's just something different. Yeah. It's special. But there was, I will say, you know, the thing about the New York festival, um, it was a great way to finish because we had all this momentum from all these festivals and we had all these great meetings that were set up because people from the industry were so accessible, uh, for New York, you know, uh, that that's what made that, you know, a huge bonus to be a part of that festival. So it, it was a strong finish. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. The, fe- the festival circuit for us was like something that was, com- it was, it was pretty much completely unexpected. Um, I think we, we kind of, when we finished this pilot, we expected to, you know, kind of go into rooms and screen this thing for buyers and, and go that route. And we, then we realized that there was this opportunity to go out there and actually show the show to audiences. And because we, we have no experience on the independent, you know, television festival circuit, I, you know, we have a little bit of experience going out there and showing films on a, you know, film festival circuit. But when we realized that there was a sort of new door that was opening into the whole independent television market, which is, it's this totally emerging new kind of wild west, um, that's when we were like, all right, we should really take advantage of this opportunity to get out there because we know that, you know, the, the, the fans of One Tree Hill have always been there for us in such a huge way mm-hmm. through everything that we've done. They've supported all the projects, um, you know, that we've been a part of. And we see that and we feel that. And so for us, this was a way to go out there and, and just and take it to and take it to the One Tree Hill fans on the ground and show them something that we really thought that they would relate to and thought that they could it would be easy for them to see us in these roles because obviously we're dealing with a world that we know really well. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and so, yeah, that once we realized that we could sort of submit for these, we got really lucky and that we were accepted to a bunch in a very, that were sort of running in a very small period of time. So we were kind of able to just hit like three to five over the course of two months and it was a whirlwind, but I will never forget it. That was, that was such an incredible experience. Yeah, and it's got to be an amazing feeling to create something, to put it out there all over the country and to have it receive such a great response mm-hmm. and to have fans from previous works like One Tree Hills come out and support and be tweeting and sharing and supporting on Indiegogo. It's got to be... Coming on your live streams. Yeah, and joining the live streams with you know fellow cast members from One Tree Hill. It's got to be amazing. I can well, you know only imagine... The live streams, uh, yeah, have word uh, uh, incredible. I, I, I don't I mean, again, I, I feel like Montreal fans never cease to amaze me. And, and I've, I've already had held them in such high regard from the moment I stepped on, on that set. You know, I was nervous on my first day of working on Montreal Hill in season four, episode 12, Resolve, I believe it is. Uh, <laughs> I like that memory, that right? I, I knew what I was stepping into. Actually, it might be 10. No, actually, I'm not sure. We'll... we'll yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that. We'll, but we'll come back. I just knew, um, you know, that there was this, this strong following. And uh, I was very intimidated by that. Not only by, you know, your James Lafferty's and, and your Hillary Burton's and Sophia Bush's, but also <laughs> of the fandom. And it's like they love they love their group, their crew, you know, you know, and, and I understand and yeah. I understand that. And, uh, um, you know, I know it, it it's taken time. It took time a little bit, but like uh, eventually, you know, it was I felt welcomed. And, and then to. You know, you know, as years have gone on, more seasons have come because of the fans. Uh, we finished the show. You're still getting this. They're, they're winning, uh, it's, you know, I think a People's Choice Award. Yeah, for like still. Throwback, throwback TV show, even I though think it's, it was. Yeah, which you're kind of like, wait, wait, can we not be throwback quite yet? Like, it's <laughs> yeah, been right? five years? Like, did we just start qualifying? And, of course, the One Tree right? Hill fans got us to win that. <laughs> it's too soon. And then, you know, you do the, you do these lives. And, and uh, I mean, yeah, the, the support has been amazing. And it's, it's just really, really cool to have something where, you know, we're doing what we need to, to, you know, up the budget for our, um, our, our show with our Indiegogo campaign. But, you know, people are really excited about watching the lives and, and seeing people interact. And then us personally, we're, we're, you know, you get Antoine, Sophia, James and I in a room together. The four of us haven't really been in a room together, uh, in a while. And it's just, you just kind of slip right back into old times being Mm -hmm. on set and just shooting the shit. Excuse me. It's like no time has passed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's all pretty special. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I also think like with those live watches, um, you know, there is when you, when you, when you do certain jobs or you, I mean, you're, you're in this line of work in this industry, 
And it's very rare that you get the kind of job that will propel you on to get the next job, right? It's very rare to feel like you've just done something that is leading to the next thing. So it's, it's really hard to feel like you're actually using the work that you've done to build and then get to the next thing. Right. And so I think with this was like this in, in this odd way, this really direct way of making that happen of like taking, um, you know, getting back together with our old castmates and watching episodes of the show and talking to people about what's going on and, and re reconnecting, reengaging with this fan base that's already supported us so much. Um, it, it's really translated into these like building blocks for us to get to the next step, which is shooting our next show. Mm -hmm. So it really is like in the in its purest form and its most direct form, you know, using what you've done to get to where you want to go next. Right, yeah. And uh, and that's that's a really that's something that we're really grateful for, because, again, like I said, it's it's just so hard to feel like you're doing that in this industry. So often you feel like you're running to stand still. Um, and uh, and, you know, you know. Thank goodness those One Tree Hill fans who, right. who make us the opposite. And we we always say that during our podcast, you know, we, we're watching One Tree Hill. If you didn't know, listen, Michelle actually haven't even finished the show we yet. We don't know what happened, so don't spoil it. <laughs> yeah. So they're yeah. watching for the oh first time. God. I mean, she told us that before we got on Yeah. Here. yeah. <laughs> well, we're only three episodes away. We're so three episodes away. We've been doing so this for two years. I James, in case you, you didn't know, you were just saved. They just <laughs> you were saved. <laughs> but, Jamie um, does. Yeah, Jamie so does. It, we find it to be so incredible that um, – this fan is this fan base is so passionate and so just incredible. Immersed like, and, in One Tree and, Hill and, still. And some, yeah, and, and the fact that we started this podcast and we have so many people that love the show and, and we do live streams actually as well. Every Monday we were watching the show. And you we guys like copied us a little bit. Yeah, you know, you kind of stole our thunder. But. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. That's it's amazing. quite okay. But no, I didn't know. Really didn't know. I'm joking, I swear obviously. to God, we had no idea. But <laughs> no, I, we have great minds think alike. Exactly. So. That's, right. Yeah. That's right. It was funny because we actually had people sending us pictures that they were watching your live stream on like their laptop and then they had us on the iPad. A tablet, right yeah. <laughs> oh my oh, god, everybody amazing. wins. Yeah, it's everybody wins. But this <laughs> fan base is so amazing. So it's great to see them coming out and supporting you guys in this new project and supporting you on Indiegogo and everything. So, yeah. you know, we feel lucky to be part of this fan base as well. And it's kind of like this big, insane family. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. There's, there's a lot of heart there. And, you know, you can relate that to the show. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, so we wanted to kind of dig into how you guys decided to create the show. I know you guys uh, talked about it a little bit when, at the screening, but what made you guys decide to team up and kind of kickstart this on your own? Because you guys are, you have your Indiegogo, which we'll talk about, but you guys are, you know, have the reins on this. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of just wanted to dig <laughs> into that and see what, what sparked it. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think that for you know J James has I'll let him tell the story about kind of feeling <laughs> nostalgic here. <laughs> I just got to jump in but you know for um for me my point of view on how I think we 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 got to this point um was you know James and I've been wanting to work together we we worked we had like a docu series um a few years back that we tried to get out there a little bit but you know uh the kind of market wanted to be too reality than we were comfortable with doing you know mm. um so we stepped away from that and we always talked about you know what could be an opportunity or shooting little shorts and stuff, but we were doing different things at different times. And, um, you know, I think we, as we've maintained a friendship, we've, we watch shows together. We watch shows separately. We discuss them. We discuss movies. Um, you know, there's a bond over stuff like that. And, and we don't like all the same things, but there are some type of comedies where the line that kind of comes out of our, our mouths is like, wouldn't it be so fun to be on a show like that? Mm -hmm. And I think that that comes from just not being on a show like that in our history um, and not looked at that, you know, especially in comedy. Um, and I think that's where this idea has kind of grown both inside of us separately. And eventually, um, you know, it manifested itself enough in James because he's much smarter than me to, um, to actually yeah. spill it onto a piece of paper <laughs> and, and, you know, let's say, let's, here's probably an idea of, I think this could be a great foray for us into comedy. If we go about it this route. And I, I think it, it was genius. I thought it was genius right away. And I saw it and James came to me and was like, you know what, let's, you know, create a character and put it in this world that we kind of know. And we're going to play with that world a lot. 
Um, and so that's kind of how it all came together from, from my end. It's like, you almost like, we don't really get cast in these type of comedies. You don't see a lot of these opportunities, um, come down our pipeline. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, some of them, a lot of them are, are part of the, you know, the comedy community or whatnot. And, and we're not, uh, but, um, yeah, it, it just kind of, I, I think it came from there and, you know, what better way to, to, you know, do something that you want to do and with all the resources available today to do it yourself, you know, and see what happens. And we just shot this, you know, seeing what would happen. And, and thankfully, you know, we set out to, uh, we achieved what we set out to. And, and, you know, we, we were like, let's, I think we can do more with this. We, we can. So, but I think, uh, James is a good story. You should tell about, uh, how you're feeling nostalgic, buddy. <laughs> no, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the spark for me was, was when that, that time came around last year, when people were reaching out on social media to, you know, just to, just to talk about how the show had been off the air for five years. And, um, and it was a really, it was a nice time and people were really kind and, um, and it was nice to sort of, it was a reflective time. It wasn't nostalgic time. It was a time that got us all kind of talking about it again, but then it also kind of sparked this idea in, in, in me and, and Steven of like, okay, well, what, what would our lives look like if we had just put all of our eggs in the acting basket and we weren't, we weren't doing things to creatively fulfill ourselves, um, you know, in terms of working behind the camera, writing, directing, um, you know, branching out and, 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 and dipping our toes in, into the independent film world and working with other exciting filmmakers and, and teams. Um, you know, these are the things that we've worked really hard to do ourselves, but what if, what if we didn't, what if we didn't have that foresight or what if we didn't have that drive, you know, in that crucial time in those five years after those show and uh, your show ends, what would our lives look like? And the answer was probably pretty painful. Um, right. You would be Seth <laughs> so, and Jeremy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, so that's where we really, I mean, I think for us, the, the biggest, the biggest uh, challenge was to make, was to really heighten our own realities, was to create characters that were, that had conflicts and internal struggles that that made them more interesting than than Stephen and I are at this point in our lives, right? Because because what, I mean, we we knew that we wanted this to be comedy, but the best comedy comes out of good drama. It really does, and so so we knew that these guys had to have these really inherent conflicts moving forward. So that's where we decided to sort of take to sort of split this this whole thing up into two different sections, right? There was the one. That was our world that we know so well in this absurd industry and all the crazy stories and anecdotes that we've collected along the way and that we laugh about. And there's this other thing over here, which is like, um, you know, that the, the um, <clears throat> sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. The expectation, the kind of perceived reality, well, no, which is it's it's these it's these characters right now. We have to create these characters to map onto these world, this world. We have to create these characters that are not us. Yeah. Um, and that's that's where the challenge was. It was to create these really interesting characters and then to kind of move them over like it's a Venn diagram and map them onto that world that we know. And um, and, and so we worked for a while to, to sort of strike that balance. And we I think we did. We, we felt it. We felt it happening as well. Like we felt like it was really working. And um, and these guys mapped onto this world that we know really well. And um, at, at that point, it was like, OK, we feel like this is going to work. We have this incredible filmmaker sort of team behind us, the Nelms brothers, um, who, you know, who I've worked with on, on films in the past and who are incredibly, incredibly talented guys. Um, they were willing to help us like pull together their resources to shoot this thing. So we had our story. We knew we could shoot it. But at the end of the day, we didn't exactly know if it would work. So there was always this sort of like there was always this verbal agreement that Stephen and I had that if this thing sucked, <laughs> it would never see the light of day, right? It's going in the can. It is going right in the can. <laughs> we, wanted to stay, we wanted to stay loose and experimental with it. We wanted it to feel really authentic, but at the same, you know, so, so we had to give ourselves that freedom to sort of fail, right? right. We, had to, we had to make sure that we weren't so locked up about this that we, we you know, we were, we were forcing ourselves to make it succeed. And then all of a sudden, I think, you know, I think when that happens, it really shows itself in the performances, um, especially when you're shooting for something this raw and authentic. Um, and so we sort of walk that line. We walk that line between really, really caring about it, but also treating it like a little bit of an experiment and trying new things. Yeah. And um, and that I think alchemy really, really paid off. And that's what you see on the screen. So once yeah. we realized that we could do it for this this pilot episode, that's when we were like, well, this is quirky. This is weird. This is something that maybe not everybody will understand, 
So let's protect this and let's continue trying to do it our way. And that's what the Indiegogo campaign, you know, really allows us to do. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. We thought there were scenes that we wrote and we found very funny. And, and you do walk the line of like, all right, what do you find funny within your friends? And maybe what uh, is at the end of a, uh, an inside joke, you subconsciously don't really realize where this, this joke is, is its origin is. But you think it's really funny, and is it going to hit anywhere else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. don't know. And there are scenes that were based around certain stuff or specific moments that we wanted to achieve, and you worked out from there. And it's interesting. There was a couple I remember shooting where I'm like, oh, man, like, all right, here we are. We're going to shoot this scene, and I don't know if this is going to work. I really, <laughs> really don't know if it's going to work. Uh, it, I see its place in line in the story that we're trying to tell, but... Oh man, I think we're wasting our time right now. And then we'll go in and shoot it and, and be like, I, nah. but then, you know, you kind of, you go in and see afterwards and, and, you know, from the help of the Nelms brothers overseeing stuff and saying, no, 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 you guys, you guys got it or keep playing with this and, you know, go, go and do it again. And, um, it, it would all be there. We pretty much use every scene that we wrote in our script, oh, wow. uh, in the episode, which is amazing. That's and, awesome. uh, yeah. we, we had to cut a lot down, um, and cut stuff out of scenes but for the most part all, all the scenes are in there and, that, and that's pretty cool but you know we did have our um you know self-destruct plan where you know if, if it didn't work out i was gonna you know build a raft out of wood and take some <laughs> some some rope and, and tie down the hard drives to that raft and i was gonna push it out to <laughs> see james like was viking funeral <laughs> yeah, james was gonna take his uh james has a bow and arrow and he has torch arrows and he was gonna light one of his torch arrows and he just bing Oh fly that thing out and just light it on fire and we would have never seen it again so we're, we're we still, might do, not we still might do it just because it sounds so I think so you should just film <laughs> yeah, that you should. that'd be yeah. really funny I, that you visual know what, is out there now instead of like the burn you know in the One Tree Hill episode where there's the burn and everyone oh, throws yeah. something in we are gonna James and I are gonna actually at the end of everyone is doing great oh my <laughs> actually God. at the end of our Indiegogo campaign we're like alright what do we get? I'm gonna actually put my Instagram on a raft and push oh it out to sea <laughs> and send the arrow. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> when the first time I saw it, I love the music. How did you guys pick the music? Oh, the music makes it so. Yeah, it's, it's just so everything. Perfect. I think for me, it was like the first time of 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 hearing the music. I was like, I feel like we're watching these guys on the French Riviera, yes! but it's such the opposite. <laughs> they are not on the French Riviera and it totally plays into this perception so versus good. reality thing, which is like what we want to do with the show, which is so great. And there's, there are specific pieces of music where, um, you know, there was a song that we have running throughout where, uh, James had it and it's got that Brazilian kind of bossa nova feel to it. And he was like, Hey, check out this song. Like, I, I feel like this might be good for like the party montage. Like, and just, and he just plays it and he's just kind of like, I mean, I'm they're like, they're kind of going to the beer pong a little bit. Maybe like they're taking some shots. And like, it was so great because I could see this scene play out. And I was like, oh, dude, like I, I totally get it. I love it. Yeah. And then cut to months, months later, we shot the thing and then we were cutting the thing. And I was actually away from uh, editing for a couple of days when James went in and, and did uh, specifically the party montage stuff when the girls come over. Mm-hmm. And when I came back and watched it, I was just floored. I was like, dude, I don't even want to touch this. This is so great. <laughs> I was like, the music is playing and everything that I envisioned months earlier is, <laughs> is right here on screen. And to me, that's just. I've done, you know, I've worked a lot in this industry and there's times when you get your hopes up on reading a script mm-hmm. and going to work on a project and then you go there and they're cutting corners. They're not, you know, or people just aren't in it. Maybe they're just taking paychecks. Yeah. And what is what ends up being on screen just sucks. Mm. And, yeah. you know, so me, every time that I, I, I get something that I, I read, you envision it and then it actually shows up on screen. There is no better feeling. So um, and that means because everyone, people are going to be able to hopefully feel what I felt, you know, reading it. So, yeah, um, yeah but um the music yeah. uh, is, is, is great. James, go ahead. It's, it's all, it's, it's mostly Brazilian bossa nova. And that, that song that Steven was talking about is called Beam Bomb. And it's, I think it's by Jao Gilberto. And it's the first, technically it's the first, um, uh, it's te- technically it's the first bossa nova song. Uh, it was written in like 1959 or something. And it really started the whole genre. And I mean, I just happened upon that song on like Spotify or something. Mm-hmm. Um, while we were coming up with this. And then the whole idea of Brazilian Bossa Nova, my, my dad used to listen to it when I was little, and it's always had this, like, sort of, it's, it's got this buoyancy and it's got this happiness to it, but it also, the lyrics are really, usually really sad. And it's also got this underlying kind of sadness to it. So 
it just felt so right to go into this world that we, you know, we knew we wanted to make this a comedy as well. And when you, when you are shooting a comedy, you need something musically that's going to, that's going to keep things buoyant. That's going to keep things moving along. That's going to keep you feeling like, okay, this is going to have some version of a happy ending or we're going to be, we're, we're meant to be laughing here. You know, you need that cue, but you don't want it to be obvious. You don't want to be telling people when they're supposed to be laughing. So I think that bossa nova, it's something that we want to stay kind of true to throughout the life of the show. We want to play around with music a lot and especially world music. But um, I think that this was this is a sort of a great cornerstone for the music of the show because it really captures, I think, the spirit of what we're going for. Like, hey, you know, these guys are going to be That was one of the first things we said walking out. We were like, the music was perfect. Every scene. Yeah, I loved the music. Yeah. We also... Oh. Lindsay Wolfington, which we should mention this as well because we're on Tree Hill yeah. Talk. <laughs> Lindsay Wolfington was our music supervisor. She's also the music supervisor for uh, One Tree Hill and um, and for the Royals right now. So we really we really sort of poached her from um, from that camp, and she was amazing. You know, she helped us get songs that we had no business getting, like Beam Bomb. You know, uh-huh. and like um, you know, we have an Alt J song in there, Three WW right. that that um, she managed to get for us, and. Um, you know, that's that's really the power of a great music supervisor. They can really make those things happen. Yeah. She was awesome. That's Definitely. great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I know you guys are in the kind of final spurt of your Indiegogo campaign. So I don't know if you guys – I know we saw that you guys added some new perks. If you guys want to talk about those, um, whatever you want to talk about right now, your plans for the Indiegogo for these last couple of days right. that you guys have left. Yeah, you guys just got us at some at a like, pretty opportune time. Like, yeah. we, we just so we just had we just released some uh, pretty big news uh, about uh, our campaign, and uh, we've kind of you know there's been talks for a while now. Basically, since, as, as soon as we hit you know go on the campaign, you know there have been some sharks circling. There have been some uh, uh, outside investors and people just kind of you know checking us out and seeing you know what's going on and, and following along, and uh, it's become much more serious now which is amazing and it's given us the opportunity to lower our goal um so we just we just announced that um moments before coming on this podcast oh is that why you were able to go with that (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 um and and so um it's we're at a pretty amazing time we also as of about uh about about 30 30 minutes about an hour ago uh, wow, time has been flying in this conversation. Right? We'll get it's a all the banana talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all the banana. As of about an hour ago, we, we just um, we crossed over the, the 200,000 mark. Wow, which is congrats. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. And uh, yeah, um, you, you coupled that with our goal, which we are able to bring down to about 225. And wow. um, it actually thinks that, I mean, we think that, um, you know, we've had a flexible goal on, so it doesn't matter about actually hitting right. the, the top number. But um, it's now there's a number that actually, you know, I feel like we can hit this number and even blow by it. And it's just all, it's just amazing for one, because I, the, that stupid green line of, you know, where the funds are at on, on Indiegogo has been the death of me for the last 45 days. And, but now it's starting to become my friend and yeah. it's, it's really, really cool. And, and I think that, um, we're in a really good spot and, and, um, you know, we're about to hit our home stretch here. And, uh, it's, it's all coming together, which, which is just like overwhelming and, uh, pretty emotional to be honest with you. Yeah. That's That's huge. And it's amazing. Um, Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. (laughs) It's a really, it's a really wonderful time and it's great because it's, it's just, it just goes to show that like, if, you know, when you work hard for something and you know, you, you want it bad enough and you put everything that you have into it, things don't necessarily work out exactly the way that you think they will. But they are so good things are going to happen. And that's sort of exactly what's happened with this Indiegogo campaign is that, you know, we've there's there's the financial part of it, of course, which is which is amazing, which is now we have this core, you know, we're going to have sort of this this if we can push through to that 225K, we're going to have this core ownership of the show that we never would have had um, earlier. And that's going to go so far in helping us preserve creative control. But then there's also, you know, there's all and then, you know, further than that, we don't have to we don't have to ask people for much more money, which is right. so nice because now, you know, what should have happened in the first place and outside investors coming in, you know, that's that's going to happen now. Yeah. Um, and so so it's like this great thing that works out twofold. But then also 
you know, we've, we built a community around the show. You know, there's, there's 4,200 contributions that have been made to this, to this, you know, campaign. And there's, you know, who knows? I mean, we're probably over a, a couple thousand people who are part of this, you know, everyone is doing great community and who now know about it and who now talk about it. And so, you know, we just, we have this pilot, we don't even have a show yet. Mm-hmm. And yet we've built a community around what we're trying to do. And that for us has been always what we, we set out to do. We set out to make, you know, someone's favorite, someone's favorite comedy. And now we feel like, you know, going into just shooting our first season, we've already got people who are waiting for it, um, which is, is a huge, huge leg up. I mean, nobody else gets that. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what show you're, you're making, nobody else gets that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. I feel like I have goosebumps. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so obviously we're going to have all the links for the Indiegogo down below. If you guys are interested in helping them hit that final goal, cause they're so yes. close. Let's get them more. And then I figured we could finish up with some questions, questions. Some rapid fire questions. Uh, we do have a fan question for you guys. We, we selected one special fan. Um, Shmi Morris wants to know <laughs> what was your favorite thing about working with child star turned adult superstar Lee Norris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite thing was the size of his hands. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Lee, uh, Shmi, Shmi Morris has some some mitts. Some mitts. Really? <laughs> Bill Jackson used to say about Michael Jordan. Oh my god! Some paws on that guy. Oh my gosh! So funny. It's too good. I personally think that he's just had some of the most amazing hair from top to bottom from day one of Winter Hill. <laughs> So if you see him on the street today, it's it's gonna it's it's just really nice. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. such a sweet thing to <laughs> yeah, say. That's very nice about Shmi. Can you can can we get where Shmi Morris came in? <laughs> oh, good old Shmi Morris. Oh, Shmi Morris. Hook? Shmi. Making, like the movie Hook. I don't know. Like Mr. Sure. Shmi from Peter Pan. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Shmeagle. 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 Um. So now we'll just do a couple last minute rapid yeah. fire questions. Now that we got that super fan out of the way, God, he was very <laughs> he was very pushy about yeah, it. He was very pushy. Knocking at the gates. Um. So we wanted to know, what are you guys currently watching right now on TV? Uh, I've been watching Succession, um, which has gotten which has gotten really good. Um, and then I also watched a show called Patrick Melrose on Showtime with Benedict Cumberbatch. There you go. I never said his name correctly the first time. <laughs> you, nailed right. you nailed it. Yep. Um, but, Cumberbatch. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but those two shows I thought were excellent and are excellent and something to uh, inspiring, you know, something to strive for. Nice. I was watching uh, Barry on uh, HBO, oh, which yeah. which was much more my my speed than season two of Westworld. Because <laughs> come on, guys, I I, my, my, I enjoyed season one, but I, I would I would talk to to people like James about this. I'd be like, it's so great, but I just feel like they have me by the balls. Like as soon as I <laughs> as soon as I figure something out, they're like, all right, you know what, Nat, forget screw it. it, we're going over here, we're, we're going to just here. turn that on its head, and it be, it became a little bit too much for me it's i mean it's it's not exactly something to just like turn your brain off to yeah. it's cerebral i get that it's great but when it just kind of starts to go too far where i find myself spending another hour after the show which i do kind of like this part going on the internet and reading all the conspiracy theories and putting connecting dots where i wasn't able to connect dots that's that stuff that's actually right. we is, do that we do the same thing yeah <laughs> yeah and, and so that's fun but like at, at some point you're like can i just get through one episode be like ah Right. I got it. I know exactly what they were trying to convey in this moment, in this one, in this one. And if anybody wants to call me and figure out what happened in episode four, I can let them. But it's not really like that for the second season. Everyone was like, oh, God, here I go. I got the next hour of my life to go online. So I don't know. I'm a little frustrated with Westworld. Um, it seems I have like succession. you are. Just get it out. Get it out. Get it out. You should just succession. have a Westworld podcast. Yeah. It sounds like you just take all, all Succession your is a show uh, I, 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 I was introduced to of late. Um, by um, what's that guy's? What's his James Lafferty? That's right, that's his name. James Lafferty <laughs> introduced me to Succession, and so we, we we've been introduced to that, and we're we are on. We're actually, yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying it. Nice. Good. Okay, this is a question that my husband had for both of you. Do you floss? <laughs> that's private. Uh, <laughs> I said that, but he just is like, we have a I... lot of dentist listeners. I'm just saying, you know, we uh, have a lot important. of dentist listeners. I should send I have... you a picture of my toothbrush right now. It is no longer a toothbrush. Oh, it looks like my, like, it looks like my 
head when I wake up in the morning, my head of hair. Oh. That's, that's, that's the bristles that's of my That's appetizing. <laughs> it sounds like there's a dentist out there who could probably send you some free yeah. teeth. Yeah. Might well, make well, an I mean, appointment I, for send that. Send Steven some toothbrushes, guys. They usually give <laughs> them for free when I you get know. a checkup. <laughs> Maybe it's time. I know. And it's like a little airplane toothbrush, too. So it's just the bristles oh. are bad. Like, I'm going to need I'm gonna need gum surgery at some point. It's going to be bad. <laughs> So Little does everyone know our, our Indiegogo campaign is actually to fund Steven. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the underlining <laughs> meaning. Lifetime supply of toothbrushes for Steven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I want to ask what your perfect pizza is. Oh, gosh. Barbacoa, Genus Pizza in Laguna Beach, California. Wow. Little side very, of brand. That was a quick very extra specific. Parmesan on there. Yeah, they usually do it by the slice. Mm, and I, and yep. I grew up eating that stuff. Uh, lunch. Uh, in school and, and always at night, you know, after, um, after work and stuff, it was mm-hmm. just like, it was my crack. There you go. And James? Um, By the way, crack is not mine's, good. Mine's a little, <laughs> crack mine's is a little bit less esoteric, but it is, um, we can, we can, I will take us back to Wilmington, uh, slice of life, slice of life is a little pizza parlor down there that, um, stays open really late. So if you have about six beers, Mm-hmm. And then you go have <laughs> a slice of mushroom, pepperoni, onion with some oregano. That's amazing. Nice. But you got to have those six beers first. <laughs> we're going to have to go next yeah, time. You need this, yeah, you need this. I don't think we, were, we went when we were there. Yeah, I don't go. think we went there. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, New Yorkers are very particular about their Yeah, pizza. we very. just hired. <laughs> oh, hey, Fair what's, enough. what's Fair the enough. best? What's the best New York pizza? Oh God, Spot We live City. on Long Island. <laughs> yeah, we're, okay, we're okay. you know, on the fish on, out there, but... Yeah. Should I, am I going to find a good piece of pizza up there? You oh, oh, sure. Did definitely. you have pizza in New York when you were there? Did you eat at Artichoke? Uh, I didn't. Mm. I've had Artichoke. I have had Artichoke I, before. Yeah. Did, is it worth the hype? Because I still haven't had it. <laughs> um, I didn't like it, to be honest. Oh, but no. I'm also, you know, I, I, I like Papa John's. So it's like, I don't know if you want to listen to me. Papa John's has a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> there's like pizza and then there's Papa John's Domino's right. you know? oh you poor thing you LA people yeah. <laughs> oh, no it's man. all good yeah I feel like pretty much any place in New York like, it's good it's, you, you have to find those like creepy alleyway pizza places mm-hmm. that yeah. are like a dollar and they kind of like hey you want pizza and they're huge yeah, those are the <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. what makes them so good yeah. and what are you doing in creepy alleys well, you go in groups. Always you have a, a buddy. You always have a pizza buddy, you know? Uh, yeah, Especially okay, after six beers. <laughs> right? What is the secret? Do we know the secret to those special spots that make the, makes the, the water. pizza so special? Water. Yeah, our water that's, is great. That's what everyone says around here is the water. <laughs> and how you layer, like, sauce and then cheese. Yeah. Even though I've had yeah. cheese and sauce. I know. And it's still good. Yeah. Well, okay. Is so. the New York flop a thing? The New York flop? Yeah, just like floppy pizza. Oh, it's just wow. like, well, it depends. I feel like on how big the slice is. Yeah. Then, like the ends and can fold. <laughs> yeah, where you fold, always we fold. fold. You always have to. Do you fold your pizza? <laughs> no, I don't. You oh. cut with a oh, no, no, you, you don't knife and fork and knife. No, I, won't, I won't eat it with a fork and knife. No, no, no. I'm, oh. I'm not a monster. So you just like hold it, <laughs> palm, you can palm it, and like. Push it I up. have Lee Norris hold the pizza for me. Oh, with oh, his, with with his big hands. <laughs> right, right. He has plate yeah. hands. Plate <laughs> hands. Holds the pizza. Oh, good. I just, now I'm just picturing Lee following See, around. like, yeah. Lee, <laughs> get a shot with the pizza in the hand. Right? Like, yeah. I'm, Lee, if you're listening right now, you're welcome. <laughs> you better be listening, <laughs> Lee. Yeah, I hope so. He, he, yeah, he'll definitely check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was your favorite place um, in New York City when you were here? Do you have any? Did you hit up any cool spots? I would say, um, well, so I, I actually love hanging around the, this sounds so weird, HY36 Crown Plaza Hotel, where my buddy was the GM of the hotel. Oh, and we, fancy. So he works there, and, and we grew up together, and, and, and it's kind of his spot. Even though he doesn't own it, it feels like he owns it. Uh, and so we just kind of have a good time in there. He's always, you get drink tickets and free breakfast. So, you, you know, you get treat, treated pretty well there. It's, it was pretty nice. So. We enjoyed we enjoyed hanging around there. Um, and I I mean I enjoy the West Side Highway and the High Line. Oh yeah, it's just kind of like great. a yeah. a nice like walk uh, with some headphones and and some music and maybe a podcast like the Tree Hill podcast. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <Full> circle. <laughs> that was that was actually a real laugh. It was not a fake laugh, but I just called myself out on what sounded like a fake laugh. <laughs> 
We'll take uh-huh. a real or a fake. I mean, either way. <laughs> either way. Uh, anyways, James. Um, James. My I I think uh, I think we we went there last time we were there, Stephen. That ski ball bar. I can't remember what. Maybe it's just called Ski Bar, but it's on Grand Street in Williamsburg. <laughs> oh, oh, Willi- uh, yeah, in Williamsburg. Williamsburg, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they have they have um, yeah they have a bunch of skee ball lanes, great beer, and um, and yeah they actually the, when I used to go there, they it was you know you put cash in and the you know you play some skee ball, but this last time um, we realized that all of their skee ball machines are hooked up to an app that you get on your phone, oh, which Stephen um, Stephen used magnificently. I think he spent about three hundred dollars <laughs> on skee ball. Paying for paying for a whole group to roll over and over and over again for about for about an hour and a half. Wow. Um, still haven't paid you back for that, Stephen. By the way, <laughs> it's all good, now buddy. It's out there, yeah, now it's recorded for. I think he was just really excited that he could control the machines with his phone. Yeah, and I was I was controlling it through a Facebook, and you can like put up a picture on the machine over you know the area where you score and so i put I, naturally i put up and everyone is doing great oh, oh nice uh, that's cool poster so Promotion. there was an every there was a one of one everyone is doing great <laughs> ski ball lane uh at this bar and it definitely yeah that's awesome it, it definitely sealed a little place in our heart yeah we're, we're gonna, gonna have, have to go right I, yeah. I, I was like write that down guys yeah. you gotta check this place out <laughs> it sounds fun yeah well i, I think, think yeah that's i it, think guys. that's all we got right yeah, that's all we got. Okay, here. I got a qu- we got a question for you guys. <laughs> we got a question for you guys. Oh, okay. okay. How how many days until we, we begin the everyone is doing great podcast? Oh, we will do that. We will <laughs> don't do that. tempt or tease. <laughs> I mean, we'll just add it to our roster, right? Oh, yeah. Of other podcasts. Yeah. Three hundred sixty-five days. What are we talking here? We was at four hundred seventy-two. Oh. Year and a half in a year. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We'll yes, take care, we will we'll take care of the episodes. You guys take care of the podcast. And yeah, we we'll, got uh, it. Happen. Yeah, we got it. Hundred percent. We so much fun. That would be right, it. Would be fun doing a podcast for like an indie. Yes. Yes. And the comedy because we don't do that. <laughs> I generally. know. We've just yeah. been watching One Tree Hill for the past two, <laughs> two years. Two years. Two years. We've been doing it. Binge worthy culture. <laughs> Not that we don't like love you guys, but it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. been fun. It yeah, has been definitely. fun. And we had Leon too. So and we yeah. had Lee, and yeah. that was really fun too. Yeah. Cool. He's great. Lean well, thank nice. you guys for um, you know being patient on on first of all me, Stephen, for being late. <laughs> oh my God, Stephen, get over uh, it. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> for for having us on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate thanks it. for joining yeah, us. Really thank you, and, nice and, and our patrons are gonna be crazy I'm for this. Yeah. So excited they don't, to give it they to don't them. Know, yeah. No one knows anything yet. We're keeping it a surprise. So once we post it, we'll announce it. They'll. They'll be excited. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Let us know how we can help. Yeah, of course. Thank and you so much. So don't forget, guys, check out their Indiegogo. We're going to have all the links down below. And uh, definitely lend your support. And thank you, James and Steven. Thank, thank you, you, James guys. and Steven. Thank so you great. so much for having us. Right. We'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. Okay, yes. cool. Thanks. All right, bye. Have a great night. Bye, guys. Thanks.